Hey there, you're listening to St. Tim's Anglican Bible Church's Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information on our church and where to find us, please visit our website at stimitysabc.org. How we come, came to this uh, particular gospel selection is, is, I think, rather interesting. Uh, I'm a lectionary kind of guy, and I looked for the lection, at the lectionary for the third Sunday in Lent for this year, and it was a choice of the Transfiguration. Uh, no, we had Transfiguration Sunday a couple of Sundays ago. Um, put that one aside. Okay. The other one was the Samaritan woman in John. And Pastor Dan covered that just a couple of weeks ago, too, so what am I going to do? So I looked up last year's, and it came out to be Luke, chapter 13. And last Wednesday, at the Wednesday Bible uh, study, Bob says, you know, before we start, can I ask a question? He says, the story of the fig tree is in three places in the Gospels, and I, they're just like, I don't know. Can you explain them to me? And I gave a very poor explanation. And so I said, well, if that's what's the lectionary, that's what I'm preaching on. And so we, I read Luke, but we got to go also look at Matthew and Mark, uh, because there's a fig tree in, in there too, but it's not a parable. And it's actually um, in Matthew and Mark, they have the same events there was a triumphal entry. So this story of the fig tree is late in Jesus' ministry. We have the, the triumphal entry. We have a cleansing of the temple for the second time. We have the Jewish authorities questioning Jesus' uh, uh, questioning Jesus' authority. But the only thing is that in Matthew and Mark, they're arranged a little bit differently. So we're, I'm just going to pick one. I picked Matthew. And in Matthew, you have the triumphal entry. You have the crowds praising Jesus. You have the crowds, the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And then the very next verse, it says, And Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around, it was, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So Jesus, after his triumphal entry, with all the, the pilgrims that had come in on Jerusalem praising him, he did a walkabout through the temple and saw a completely different picture. So they went back to, to uh, Bethany, and on the following morning, when they were coming from Bethany, he, Jesus was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Then after this, after he curses it, 
He then goes to the, returns to the temple and cleanses the temple. Turns all the money changers and the, and the sacrifice tables in the marketplace, in, in the Gentile court, which was supposed to be the court of evangelism for those who were not Jewish, but thinking of turning to God, and they've got all these shops set up. And he just turned them over and kicked them out of there. And then he saw people that were taking a shortcut through the temple grounds and carrying their everyday stuff and taking a shortcut, and he kicked them out of there. So here, the fig tree is put, the story is put forward as an advance of what he was going to do in the temple. In Mark, the fig tree thing is after the cleansing, so it's a, look, this is why I did the temple. So let's take a, a closer look at that fig tree episode. And on the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry and seen in the distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Now, fig trees are strange trees. Actually, I don't think there's anything strange about them because you know, when we look a couple of, of uh, weeks from now, when we see the apple blossoms coming out, the tr leaves come out, and then the apple blossoms at the same time. But fig trees... The commentaries kept mentioning that when the leaves come out, there should be fruit. If the tree doesn't bear fruit at the same time that it brings out the leaves, it's going to be barren for the full year. So Jesus saw the fig tree, even though it was slightly out of season, like maybe four weeks out of season, it had, it was, look at all those leaves. And the first crop of leaves, of, of fruit, usually comes underneath the leaves. So from the distance, he's, he's seen the leaves and going, yeah, there's going to be fruit there. And there's no fruit. And when he walked into the temple, and he saw all these Jewish leaders just parading around, and look how good we are and how we are upholding the law, and how, how we are worshiping God. Look at us worshiping God. But then saw what was going on on the temple grounds, on his father's temple ground. The appearance was there, but there was no fruit. So he said it to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. He was condemning the Jewish leaders of the day. Jeremiah forecast that back in Jeremiah 8, 13. Joy read that section from Jeremiah which was one, one of the many episodes where God's people had walked away from him. And that closing verse, verse 13, when I would gather them, declares the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine. 
nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. And the, the other verses that uh, Joy read, he describes how he's going to send them into captivity, chastise them. Sorry, I got to bring this up, but the, there was this bishop, a Catholic bishop, who in all this stuff about COVID-19 was saying, no, it can't be from the Lord because the Lord doesn't chastise. He loves. And I'm going like, did he read the same Bible me as me? I don't know. But anyways, back on track. This is exactly what God's people had been warned if they turned away from him. And in 70 AD, he fulfilled that prophecy in Jeremiah. So then Jesus went into the temple, according to, to uh, Mark, went into the temple, created that, cleansed the temple. And the, uh, the authorities challenged him and then he returned to Bethany, and then the next morning, when he, as they were going, returning to the temple, as they passed the fig tree, uh, they noticed that the fig tree had withered from the roots up. If you have an English Standard Version in front of you, you're going to see that it withered to the roots. Almost every other version has the proper translation, <laughs> from the roots up. Why the emphasis on from the roots up? Because if our worship of the Lord is going to go bad, it's because our roots are going to go bad first. We're going to let heresies get in there. We're going to let false worship. We're going to be like um, the, the Jewish uh, religious leaders of the day who were all whitewashed. Look at us, how we're worshiping. We're following all the rituals, but with nothing behind it. We look around the world today and we see that is actually happening in the church. The roots are being attacked. The roots are going bad. And the tree is withering because of it. If we just suppose for a moment that the fig tree that Jesus was talking about here was St. Timothy's. Are our foundations sure? Are our roots sure? I mean, hey, when we started as a congregation, we were adamant that the name of the church would be St. Timothy's Anglican Bible Church because we wanted to differentiate ourselves from what was going on. And we said, no, our firm foundation is God's word. 
if you ever hear us deviating from that. After you've hit us, let us know. Let us know. Okay, so, Alan, if that was what you're going to talk about, why didn't you choose that as the gospel? Well, because we also want to look at the one in Luke, because it's a different picture. In Luke, again, always look, when you're looking at a Bible verse or verses, always look at the context that they're, they're presented in. What happens before and what happens after is what the middle is all about. And if you, in Luke, normally I don't like the divisions that are put in the Bible, but it, it's, it helps to give a good resume when you want to say, what's the context of? So Jesus has been teaching to the crowds, and then he goes off and he's, he starts teaching just to his disciples. And he says, he t- teaches them about him not bringing peace, but division, interpreting the end times, settling with your accusers. And then that part in the first part of 13, repent or perish. And from the the two examples that are given, the important part to remember is what Jesus' response was in both cases. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And when it says likewise perish, he's not saying that they're all going to be... um, slain and their blood mixed with these sacrifices or they're all we're all going to stand under a tower that's going to fall and collapse on us but if we don't repent Again, there's a fig tree here in the, in the parable. And the fig tree very, very often refers to Israel. But in this case, in this parable, it's referring to Israel as a nation and their response to Jesus' ministry, but also to the individual. What did John the Baptist say? He said, bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say for yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, it doesn't say some trees, it says every tree. Therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So in this parable, what is the good fruit? Repentance and turning to Jesus. And he's looking and he's he's been preaching to these crowds. This parable probably occurred 
about six months before um, the, the, the passages, the triumphal entry, because Jesus was on his way for the uh, Feast of the Tabernacle, which was six months before Passover. So he, for three years, he'd been preaching for his people to repent and turn to him that he was and is and will be the Messiah. And in the parable, the, the, the owner is looking at the fig tree, again, leaves and no fruit, and he's been coming for three years, And normally a fig tree, first three years, it doesn't produce. The next three years is when it starts to really increase its, its harvest, its, its, uh, its output of figs, each year getting stronger, more fruit coming. And in this third year of production, still no fruit. After three years of Jesus' ministry, there were still people refusing to turn to him. But the vine grower says, Lord, sir, give this fig tree one more time, one more chance. Let me dig around it, throw some manure on it, and if in the next season it doesn't produce, cut it down. And the Lord of the, of the vineyard said, okay, one last chance. Funny thing about a fig tree is it produces two crops. One in the spring, one six months later. Jesus related this parable six months before the triumphal entry. One more chance. Repent. But what does that have to do with us? Nice, Alan, but all this stuff, what does it have to do with us? Well, the first fig tree. Make sure of our foundations. Make sure we're not just going through the motions. Make sure that we rest with our Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, our friend, our shepherd, especially in these times. These times where we have this threat coming on. Remember, the Lord my shepherd, he anoints me with oil. He's checking over. He wants to check over each one of us. And as we come into the fold every night, check us over. Make sure we're healthy. And if not, he'll give us, he'll anoint us with the oil of, of comfort. Make sure we're on this foundation of the Lord's word. Make sure we're on the foundation of prayer, 
with him through the Holy Spirit. Because there are a lot of people out there that are panicking. What's one of the main reasons they're panicking? Yes, they don't want to get sick, but it's because they fear death. They don't hear, oh, three to six percent are going to die. They, go, they hear, if I get sick, I'm going to die. And that's, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? We're, our response, because we have our shepherd, because we have his word, should be, I don't fear death. I know where I'm going. Should I die? What can I do for you? And what can I do for you is the second tree. We should be calling them to repentance. But how do we call them? Not hell and brimstone at this particular time. That's not what they need. But they need. How come you don't fear death? Well, now that you asked, because they're looking for, this is when they're looking for answers. Why is this happening? What can I do about it? I don't like this panic feeling. I don't like this feeling of anguish and fear. You don't seem to have it. Why not? Dig around the tree. Put manure on it. I know it doesn't really sound like God's word, manure. Fertilize it. How about we say, fertilize it. so that people can know where to turn. It doesn't mean that we go out and step in front of a bus, or in this case, to go out and step in front of COVID-19. But our attitudes as we react to what is going on is what is going to bring people's hearts to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that you gave your son that the walls between us and you might be broken down, that we might be reconciled to you when we believe in him as Lord and Savior. We thank you, Father, that you sent your son not to condemn the world, but that we might be saved through him. Father, those that do not believe in him and are therefore condemned by their own hearts. We ask, Father, that those hearts might be softened and turned to the only Son of God as Savior and Lord. We thank you, Father, as, uh, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6.2, that you said in a favorable time, I have listened to you and in a day of salvation I have helped you. And behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Use us, Father. Use us as your arms and your legs, your mouths, your hearts. 
amongst this dark world that your kingdom, Father, might, might grow to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.